Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Doctors in the House. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill. And as always, it is a pleasure to be here with you as we talk all things health and things to help improve your health. Now, over the past few weeks, we've talked about a variety of different topics when it comes to your health, whether it's diabetes, whether it's heart disease, whether it's you know, physical therapy, bringing other doctors in. We've, we've done a lot to try to help educate because as a practicing doctor in the Laurel area, I find, as you can imagine, the more we know, the more we can do. And we're at that part um, in time now where the holidays are coming up. We just had Thanksgiving and we'll be having Christmas and then New Year's. And there's going to be a lot of talk about weight and diet and nutrition. So what more than today I'd like to focus on diet and um, nutrition. Nutrition, as you can imagine, is something that's important for all of us. It's been important since day one because without it, guess what? We can't survive. As a doctor who takes care of patients all day long, diabetes, blood pressure, and then trying to prevent problems, nutrition is at the center of so many of our problems. And it's been very exciting to have people coming into the office now because we're hearing more about this green diet we're hearing more about less meat and you know the truth is it can be very confusing but we I get to see the ramifications of some of the consequences when we don't make the best decisions and as always the more we get information up here the more we can help to um, make changes in our lifestyles and avoid um, different conditions. So I'm excited today. Basically what we're going to wind up doing is looking at a few videos I hand selected off of uh, YouTube, uh, just some general information about nutrition. There'll be some talk about uh, the Mediterranean diet. For those who don't know, Mediterranean diet is a special diet that focuses on healthy fats, olive oil, cuts down on, on, on meat, and introduces more nuts into your diet as well. It's thought to have better health consequences when it comes to preventing heart disease, um, helping to minimize obesity. Same thing with um, other diets out there. Uh, I also want to share a video that will talk a little bit about uh, a food label. When we go to the grocery store, we're shopping and we're comparing nutritional content and information. Very important to know how to read that label. The amount of fat, the amount of calories, the amount of whole grains, all these things, all this information is very important. So, so today we'll begin that process and I think over the coming weeks we're going to continue talking about nutrition and we'll be getting into exercise and um, continuing to help improve education around a variety of health events. So I'm very excited about this opportunity to be here with you today. So just as a reminder, when we're looking at our weight and obesity and overweight, a very important 
um, reference tool you'll, you, you'll hear mentioned is the BMI, the body mass index. The body mass index basically is your height in proportion to your weight. And uh, basically the more we're overweight or the more obese we are, the bigger that number becomes and it it's, it's correlates with healthcare problems. You know, as the, OB, as the um, BMI increases and you become more obese, the possibility of diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, all those things begin to take place and you can also add high cholesterol in there too. So um, every time you go to the doctor, for the most part, you're having your BMI calculated. A normal BMI is basically 25 or less. A BMI 25 to 30 is considered overweight. And once you begin to cross over that 30 number, we're getting into the different levels of obesity. So just remember that. When we talk about nutrition, we're talking about fat content, we're talking about carbohydrates, we're talking about proteins. We all know there's so much talk now about carbohydrates and how they are correlating with, um, with diabetes. So carbohydrates are important, but just realize when we talk about desserts such as cakes and sweets, those two are largely carbohydrates, but they're the more refined carbohydrates. And that's an important word, refined, because those carbohydrates, all carbohydrates break down into sugar, but when you eat some of these refined carbohydrates, as soon as you eat them, they pretty much are converted to sugar and puts a lot of demand on your body to help manage that sugar. So just keep that in mind, you know. One of the things you'll never hear me say is to never eat some of these um, refined sugars and foods because, you know, part of us living is to enjoy life, but we want to do it responsibly. So I wanted to mention those things off the top. We've already talked about diabetes and blood pressure and heart disease. Uh, as an interesting note, I do want to share, had one patient who basically is paralyzed and we found out he was a diabetic and remarkably he changed his eating habits and he went from being a diabetic and needing medicine to not needing any medicine at all. That just shows you the relationship between the sugar level and your diet. So he didn't need any more medicine to control his sugars because his diet um, was modified. So I just wanted to get those things out the way real quick and um, remind people the green diet out there is just focusing more on vegetables and fruits and moving away from, from meats and um, processed foods, fast foods, things of that nature. So what I'm going to do now is move on to a quick break so we can get set up for one of the videos. So um, I will see you after this commercial break.
There's still plenty of controversy about the foods I'm about to discuss, but I've done my best to really simplify it down. Just remember about that every minutes. person's body is different, and there is no one perfect optimal diet that's going to be perfect for every person. So hopefully you can use this information to figure out the perfect diet for you. I want to make one quick disclaimer before we get started. As I mentioned previously, every person's body is different, and some people literally have allergies to certain foods. So you could have an allergy to any of the foods I'm about to mention, and obviously you wouldn't want to eat that food. Now, if you don't know if you have food allergies, there's a couple of ways to find out. If you just aren't feeling super healthy or you feel like you're eating healthy but you still don't feel well, then food allergies could be a culprit. And the easiest way to determine if you have a food allergy is to eliminate the suspected food from your diet for two to three weeks and then see how you feel when you start reintegrating that food. So some common food allergens are gluten, wheat, dairy, soy, and peanuts. But as I mentioned, you could have an allergy to any food and you want to look into that as you're figuring out what the optimal diet for you is going to be. Fruits are loaded with vitamins, phytonutrients, and antioxidants, and they're delicious too. Since you're going to be avoiding refined sugar, fruits are going to be the best way to satisfy your sweet tooth. So let fruits be your dessert. Now of course, fruits do contain sugar but they also contain fiber and a whole lot of different nutrients too. And it's important to note that the fiber contained in the piece of fruit actually helps that fruit to not spike your blood sugar so much. So when you're eating a piece of fruit, it's not going to spike your blood sugar as quickly as having a soda or having a spoonful of sugar because you've got that fiber in the fruit helping in that process. Now, of course, if you're trying to lose weight, then you probably want to go easy on the fruit. And certainly, if you're eating a lot of fruit, you're going to want to be really physically active so you can burn all of those carbohydrates off. But again, fruits are a great way to enjoy and indulge your sweet tooth, and I encourage you to try all of the different fruits that are out there. Vegetables really should be the bulk of your diet. And whether you eat meat or not, every single person on the planet, myself included, would benefit from eating more vegetables. The bottom line is that our bodies, our internal organs, need a certain amount of nutrients just in order to function properly. And vegetables are one of the best ways to make sure that you're getting those nutrients. They're loaded with fiber, they're loaded with vitamins, and again, if you are not eating enough vegetables, you're never really going to feel satisfied and full. And this is because your body just isn't getting the nutrition that it needs. So if you have been eating a diet of processed foods and you're somebody who feels like you're always hungry and feels like you're never satisfied, then the lack of vegetables, nutrients, and fiber in your diet is probably the reason for that. And when we're eating nutrient-rich foods, like vegetables, we don't have to worry so much about counting calories because suddenly you're gonna get so much nutrition and fiber with these foods that you're going to fill up and feel full and satisfied before you'll be able to, to eat too many calories of those foods. 
And again, this is a topic that I've discussed in several videos, the empty calories versus nutrient-rich calories. And I think that really is the secret to not being on a diet and to not gaining the weight back is recognizing that if we just take the empty calories out of our diet, we don't even have to worry about counting calories at all. So vegetables, there's sweet potatoes, beets, spinach, uh, Swiss chard, kale. There are a whole rainbow full of vegetables for you to try. As I've explained in previous videos, the white refined flour that's used in white bread, pasta, and tortillas is completely stripped of all of its fiber, its nutrients, and this refined white flour is full of empty calories. This means those calories turn straight into fat without giving your body in in any nutrition. It also means that this white bread and white flour products are going to significantly spike your blood sugar. Basically, it's like having pure refined sugar every time you have these white flour products. So I recommend that you significantly decrease, if not completely eliminate, those processed white flour products from your diet. Now, whole grains, on the other hand, can still be part of a healthy diet, but the trick is to look for minimally processed grains. So brown rice is a good example, millet, barley, wild rice. There are several different whole grains out there and when you consume these minimally processed grains, they can be a really good source of fiber, minerals, nutrients, B vitamins, lots of things that we need, not only to help us feel full, but to provide good balanced nutrition. So the easiest way to find these minimally processed whole grains is probably by going to the bulk section of your grocery store or even to a health food store. For the most part, these foods are ridiculously easy to prepare, just basically water and the grain. And if you have problems digesting these grains, you can soak them or sprout them to make them even easier to digest. Another key is to not make grains the bulk of your meal or the bulk of your diet. You can kind of use them supplementally, use them as you know one of the sides, one of the smaller parts of your meal. You wanna have these grains in moderation, and if you do have them, be sure to opt for those minimally processed grains. Dairy products are another controversial foodstuff. Some people will say, we're the only species on earth who eats another animal's milk, and yet it's important to notice that people have been drinking cow's milk and goat's milk for hundreds of years. So again, I'm not gonna tell you whether or not you should eat dairy. This is a choice that you're going to have to make your, your own. But what I will mention is that dairy is a very common food allergen. And I personally have known people who have cleared up acne, asthma, arthritis, um, just from taking dairy out of their diet. So if you're somebody who experiences those things, it may be worth it to see if dairy is something that you actually do better by avoiding. Now, if you are going to eat dairy, then again, I have just a couple of guidelines. First off, look for the words pasture raised or grass fed. You want the cows who are making your dairy products 
to be very healthy. You want them to live on a farm and eat their natural diet so that they're actually providing the most nutrition to you in those dairy products. You also want to opt for the full fat version of whatever dairy products you're eating. So skim milk got on that fat-free craze that everybody was experiencing and trying to get all the fat out of their diet. Well, actually, the fat is what helps your body digest the dairy. So if you're eating fat-free dairy products, this could be why you're having a hard time digesting dairy. So my tips if you are going to eat dairy are to look for the words grass-fed and to always opt for the full-fat version. Legumes. This is your beans and any plant with seeds. So actually peanuts are also a legume even though they contain the word nut. Legumes are a great source of protein. They're a great source of B vitamins and minerals and can really be a wonderful part of a healthy diet. There are tons of different legumes out there. Pinto beans, kidney beans, chickpeas, lentils, you name it and you can significantly improve the digestibility of legumes with soaking. So beans have gotten kind of a bad rap for causing digestive discomfort, and you can completely eliminate that digestive discomfort by preparing them correctly. In a future video, I'm going to go over the process of soaking and sprouting beans and it's the same process that can be used to make grains more easy to digest. And also adding a little bit of seaweed to the beans can also help make them easier to digest. So legumes, something you should be incorporating into your diet if you haven't already, and be sure to look out for that future video on preparing legumes as well. Nuts and seeds are loaded with fiber, protein, minerals, and healthy fats, which are integral to helping us form healthy brains. Nuts and seeds make a great addition to salads and salad dressings. They make a wonderful snack and a great addition to breakfast cereals. I also want to mention quinoa, which is often considered more of a seed than a grain. Although it makes a great substitute for rice and it's prepared in pretty much the exact same way, and it is also something that can be tolerated, often be tolerated by people with gluten intolerance. So quinoa can be a great substitute for grains and rice, as I mentioned. And quinoa is a complete protein, which means it contains all of the essential amino acids. And if this is something you haven't heard of or aren't familiar with, I would highly recommend that you introduce yourself to quinoa. This is something that I eat on a very regular basis and is a really great part of a healthy diet. To meet or not to meet? That is probably one of the most controversial questions out there in terms of health, in terms of diet. And we have to recognize that at this point, research has indicated that eating huge amounts of red meat and eating processed meats like hot dogs, sausages, processed deli meats, any meat product with an ingredient list has definitely been linked to clogged arteries and heart disease. And of course, there are some people who will tell you not to eat meat at all. 
and still others who will tell you to avoid all of the animal products, including eggs and butter. Now, I'm not going to tell you whether you should eat meat or not eat meat. You have to make that decision for yourself. And I recommend that you make that decision based on how you feel when you eat meat. Now, if you are going to eat meat, then I encourage you to do so in moderation and to be selective. So I have heard the rule of thumb that you shouldn't eat more than a palm-sized portion of meat at any given meal. So eating a huge steak that's you know twice the size of your head is probably too much meat to consume at one meal. And you also want to look for the words grass-fed or pasture-raised and preferably organic. This is going to help you avoid factory farmed meat. And again, this is a topic that I've discussed on this channel before. So factory farmed animals, many of them never see the light of day. They're pumped full of antibiotics and hormones and often fed an unnatural, sometimes genetically modified diet of grains, which makes them really, really sick. So we want to avoid conventional meat, which most, most of which is factory farmed. And you can do so, again, by looking for the words grass-fed or pasture-raised on the packaging of any meat products or dairy animal products that you purchase. And the same thing goes for fish. You would want to look for the words wild-caught. One other quick note about meat products. Meats that have been cooked at extremely high temperatures, such as frying or barbecuing, have a whole other host of other health concerns. Acrylamide is a cancer-causing chemical that is produced whenever foods are, are cooked at extremely high temperatures. So avoiding barbecued or charred foods, fried foods, of course, is going to be a really good option. And you can use the cooking technique low and slow. So using a low heat and cooking that meat more slowly at that low heat is going to help preserve the protein and preserve the nutrients that you're getting out of that meat you're cooking. A lot of you have asked for cooking videos. So in future videos, I'm gonna take you into my kitchen, show you how to properly prepare these foods and simple, easy, quick ways to prepare healthy meals. And in another video, I'm going to go into more detail about the factory farming methods that are so common in our conventional meat products and why it's so important that we look for the words grass-fed. Thank you so much for watching my video. Right. Be sure to leave your comments and future video topic requests down below. Be sure to like my video. Ooh, nice and dramatic. Hey, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that video because I sure did. Um, so I want to say I hope you enjoyed that video because I sure did. You know, to be honest with you, there were a lot of really important points about the video where it came to different foods to, to pick, gave an idea of why some foods might not be so healthy for us, kind of reminded us that although we might have grown up eating hot dogs and processed foods, it's really not good for us. So I don't want to take too much time going over the video, but that was a really good video. And we got a few more videos that we want to talk about. One we'll talk about what's called a DASH diet, which will pretty much 
talk about getting salt levels down in your diet, which can help prevent heart disease, including blood pressure. And number two, um, we got a video that's going to talk a little bit, bit about how to read a label so that you can get an idea of what foods, as you try to buy them, are more nutritious compared to others. And as long as we have time, we're, we're going to try to see a brief video that will talk about the Mediterranean diet. And just as a follow-up, uh, I went to Rutgers University, and I remember as that video showed, part of Rutgers would have these big pigs. They were almost the size of horses, it seemed. And it just reminded me of all the hormones that can go in the foods to help get these animals big and juicy and ready for market. So um, just keep that in mind. So we're going to take a brief pause and cue up the next video. You are listening to Doctors in the House. Now you know that little box that's on packaged foods in the grocery store and it says nutrition facts on it? What does that really mean? How do you read it? What are all those words and numbers? Well today we're going to talk about the nutrition facts and why that's important. And there's several reasons. One is that so many people choose what they eat based on what they crave or what they want to eat or what tastes good. So knowing what is in the food that you're choosing basically it's just going to inform you of what you're eating. Second, it actually helps you make a better decision. So if you look on the label and you notice that it has an exorbitant amount of sugar, then you know that that's not a good thing to choose. So several reasons to, to know how to read a nutrition facts label, but basically it's to inform yourself, educate yourself so you can make better choices about what you're eating so that you can maintain a healthy lifestyle. Now, I think most people, when they look at a nutrition facts label, they're drawn to the calories and that's what they are looking for when they pick up a product. But actually, the first thing that I look at is the ingredient list. That tells me more information about that food or that product than really almost anything else on that nutrition facts label. So when you're looking at an ingredient list, the, the ingredients that are listed first are what is most in that product. It's, it's listed in order of quantity. So if you look at a snack cake or you know a fruit roll up or whatever and if the first ingredient is sugar, then that food has more sugar than anything else in that product. So that's not a good choice. So I always look at the ingredient list to know 
if there's sugar in there, what kind of sugar, if there's flour, what kind of flour, um, if the vitamins are synthetic or uh, natural, if there are chemicals in it, preservatives. So I always look at that to know what kind of food I'm eating and what quality it is. Now something else that's important to know about the ingredient list is how many things are listed on the ingredient list. So if you pick up a package and you turn around and you look at the back label and it has an ingredient list that's, you know, running off the package and it's just so massive and you don't know what all the words mean and you're confused and it just goes on and on and on and there's chemicals in it, that's not a good thing to choose to eat. Especially when you don't know what is in that product, if you can't even read the names of the ingredients that are listed. So if you look at a product and then there's words on there that you don't know what they mean, chances are that's not something that you want to eat. I'm going to go ahead and go over the Nutrition Facts label as it's listed and just explain the different things that are on here. Now keep in mind that it's not listed in order of importance. So um, even though, you know, the serving size is first and then the calories come second, that's not necessarily the way that you should read the label. Um, a lot of times I'll look at the ingredient list first and then the serving size second and then I'll look at the sugar third. So it just depends on what the product is and, and how you should read the label. But let's look at the first item listed. It's the serving size. Now the serving size is required to be on a label according to the Nutrition and Labeling Act. So this is going to tell you in what quantity of this food can you eat in order to get these nutrients that are listed. This is really crucial because a lot of people will just eat until they're full or eat until they're stuffed or, you know, eat the whole bag or drink the whole bottle, whatever, without really paying attention to the serving size. So you may not know that in a bottle of Coke, there's actually 2.5 servings in that bottle of Coke, but you down the whole thing and then you look on the the nutrition label and then see, oh, the calories are only 250, but you drank the whole bottle. So it actually, you know, you have to multiply that to get the actual calories. So when you are going to choose something, look at the nutrition fact label, make sure that you know what serving size is indicated so that you don't overeat. And the next thing listed on the nutrition facts label is the servings per container. So, you know, maybe you have a bag of chick chips and the serving per container is maybe be 10, 10 servings per the bag of chips. So then you go down and look at the calories and maybe the calories listed is 250. So in order to determine how many calories are in that whole bag of chips, you have to multiply 10 times 250. So that would be 2,500 calories in that whole bag of chips. So if you sit down one day and you eat that whole bag of chips, you are eating maybe even more than your whole day's worth of calories. So first, look at the serving size so that you know what amount to eat. Second, servings per container so that you realize how much is in the container that you're eating. And third, the calories, that's going to list how many calories are for a serving. So if you eat more than a serving, you have to multiply it out. Now, another thing to remember about the calories is that that's not going to tell you the whole story of what is in that food. Make sure that you do look at the ingredient list because even though the calories may be high, maybe they're 400 calories, if the food contains a lot of healthy oils, maybe almonds and nuts and more seeds and things like that that are rich in calories, 
they're going to provide you a lot of nutrients so you don't necessarily want to throw the you know throw down that item just because it's high in calories you have to take into account if it's going to have other benefits to it Right next to the calories, the calories from fat is listed. And this is an important number to look at because this is gonna tell you how much of the product or the food that you're eating is composed of fat. So if the total calories listed say 200, and then the calories from fat say they're 175, that's telling you that the majority of what you're eating is fat. So it's not a very balanced food, so you need to keep that in mind. So those two things you wanna look at to compare each other. Now, um, fat, carbohydrates, and protein, they have different calories per gram. So fat is going to contain the most calories per gram. It's nine calories per gram. Carbohydrates and protein, both are four calories per gram. So if you eat mostly foods that are composed of protein and carbohydrates, you actually will consume less calories. And that's why the serving sizes for fats like oil and butter are real small because they do contain a lot of calories. Now, if you want more information about specifics about protein, carbohydrates, and fat, I did make a video called Understanding What You Eat. And this goes into great detail about what these different macronutrients are. So if you're interested in learning more, check out those videos. The next category under that is total fat, and then there's subcategories, and it'll list the different types of fat, so saturated fat, polyunsaturated fat, monounsaturated fat, and trans fats. So the total fat is going to give you the total number of grams, but then you want to look underneath that to see what type of fat, because if the total fat, you know, has a certain number, and it's composed of all saturated fat, then that's not a necessarily a good choice. But if it's composed mostly of monounsaturated fat, which is the healthy fats that you wanna eat, then it could be a healthy choice. So you have to look at that. So saturated fats are mainly gonna come from um, animal products. You're gonna, they're gonna be in your dairy products, um, butter, cheeses, yogurts, um, meats, and then you're gonna have polyunsaturated fats, which come from a variety of sources, and some of those are good for you. So um, that's more of a medium type fat. You gotta have to balance that out with the saturated fats. And then the monounsaturated fats are those healthy oils that you hear about all the time. The olive oil, sunflower seeds, almonds, those types of foods that contain these fats. They're healthy for you, so you do wanna make sure that you get these types of fats. Now the last type of fat that has recently been added to the Nutrition Facts label are called trans fats. These are now required to be on the labels. Uh, these are mainly going to be fats that are unnatural. They're typically produced you know, almost in a laboratory. They're a result of extremely processing, extremely processed foods. Um, these fats basically wage war on your good cholesterol. They are huge fat molecules. Um, that hinder your body from working correctly and they basically stress your organs out because we're not our bodies aren't made to process this type of molecule so if a product has lots of trans fats in it um, you want to stay away from that food right after the total fats the cholesterol is listed and it's listed in milligrams now this is important to know um, the general recommendation for adults is 300 milligrams of cholesterol a day. So if you're looking at a nutrition fact label 
and the cholesterol says, you know, 250 milligrams. Um, typically, that's going to be high in fat because cholesterol is going to come from animal products and it's going to be high in calories. So you need to keep in mind that if you go ahead and eat that product that has 275 milligrams of cholesterol, probably throughout the rest of your day, you're going to get too much cholesterol with everything else you eat. So that wouldn't be a good choice. Well, I don't know about you, but um, once again, a very informative and enjoyable video. I can't imagine how many times some of us, including me in the past, have gotten into a grocery store and you're trying to read a label to make an educated decision. And videos such as what we're talking about now help us to make a more informed decision. You know, when you're eating that large bag of potato chips while you're watching the game, and before you know it, you've gone through a whole bag. You've gone through quite a bit of calories, too. So now we can get a better idea of what's going on. So we are moving right along. We, we're having some really exciting videos. Really happy to be here with you, with doctors in the house. Again, my name is Dr. Daryl Hill. I'm a physician with Laurel Medical Associates. You can find us on the web at www laurelmedicine.com and we, we look forward to answering any questions you may have. We do have two more videos. We, we may have time to get through one of them. So what I want to do is queue up the next video. This one will talk more about a Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean diet is supposed to be more healthy for you. Um, so we'll have a chance to learn why it's more healthy for you. So we're going to queue it up. Just give me one second. exceptionally healthy compared to Americans and had a low risk of many lifestyle the Mediterranean diet is based on the traditional foods the Mediterranean diet is based on the traditional foods that people used to eat in countries like Italy and Greece back in 1960 researchers noted that these people were exceptionally healthy compared to Americans and had a low risk of many lifestyle diseases numerous studies have now shown that the Mediterranean diet can cause weight loss and help prevent heart attacks strokes type 2 diabetes and premature death there is no one right way to follow the Mediterranean diet, as there are many countries around the Mediterranean Sea and people in different areas may have eaten different foods. This video describes the dietary pattern typically prescribed in studies that suggest it's a healthy way of eating. Consider all of this as a general guideline, not something written in stone. The plan can be adjusted to your individual needs and preferences. The basics. Eat, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, legumes, potatoes, whole grains, 
breads, herbs, spices, fish, seafood and extra virgin olive oil. Eat in moderation, poultry, eggs, cheese and yogurt. Eat only rarely, red meat. Don't eat, sugar-sweetened beverages, added sugars, processed meat, refined grains, refined oils and other highly processed foods. Avoid these unhealthy foods. You should avoid these unhealthy foods and ingredients, added sugar, soda, candies, ice cream, table sugar and many others. Refined grains, white bread, pasta made with refined wheat, etc., trans fats, found in margarine and various processed foods. Refined oils, soybean oil, canola oil, cottonseed oil and others. Processed meat, processed sausages, hot dogs, etc., highly processed foods, anything labeled low-fat or diet or which looks like it was made in a factory. You must read food labels carefully if you want to avoid these unhealthy ingredients. Foods to eat. Exactly which foods belong to the Mediterranean diet is controversial, partly because there is such variation between different countries. The diet examined by most studies is high in healthy plant foods and relatively low in animal foods. However, eating fish and seafood is recommended at least twice a week. The Mediterranean lifestyle also involves regular physical activity, sharing meals with other people and enjoying life. You should base your diet on these healthy, unprocessed Mediterranean foods, vegetables, tomatoes, broccoli, kale, spinach, onions, cauliflower, carrots, Brussels sprouts, cucumbers, etc., fruits, apples, bananas, oranges, pears, strawberries, grapes, dates, figs, melons, peaches, etc., nuts and seeds, almonds, walnuts, macadamia nuts, hazelnuts, cashews, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, etc., legumes, beans, peas, lentils, pulses, peanuts, chickpeas, etc., tubers, potatoes, sweet potatoes, turnips, yams, etc., whole grains, whole oats, brown rice, rye, barley, corn, buckwheat, whole wheat, whole grain bread and pasta, fish and seafood, salmon, sardines, trout, tuna, mackerel, shrimp, oysters, clams, crab, mussels, etc., poultry, chicken, dug, turkey, etc., eggs, chicken, quail and duck eggs, dairy, cheese, yogurt, Greek yogurt, etc., herbs and spices, garlic, basil, mint, rosemary, sage, nutmeg, cinnamon, pepper, etc., healthy fats, extra virgin olive oil, olives, avocados and avocado oil. Whole, single-ingredient foods are the key to good health. What to drink? Water should be your go-to beverage on a Mediterranean diet. This diet also includes moderate amounts of red wine around one glass per day. However, this is completely optional, and wine should be avoided by anyone with alcoholism or problems controlling their consumption. Coffee and tea are also completely acceptable, 
but you should avoid sugar-sweetened beverages and fruit juices, which are very high in sugar. A Mediterranean Sample Menu for One Week This is a sample menu for one week on the Mediterranean diet. Feel free to adjust the portions and food choices based on your own needs and preferences. Monday Breakfast Greek yogurt with strawberries and oats. Lunch, whole grain sandwich with vegetables. Dinner, a tuna salad, dressed in olive oil. A piece of fruit for dessert. Tuesday. Breakfast, oatmeal with raisins. Lunch, leftover tuna salad from the night before. Dinner, salad with tomatoes, olives and feta cheese. Wednesday. Breakfast, omelette with veggies tomatoes and onions. A piece of fruit. Lunch, whole grain sandwich, with cheese and fresh vegetables. Dinner, Mediterranean lasagna. Thursday. Breakfast, yogurt with sliced fruits and nuts. Lunch, leftover lasagna from the night before. Dinner, broiled salmon, served with brown rice and vegetables. Friday. Breakfast, eggs and vegetables fried in olive oil lunch greek yogurt with strawberries oats and nuts dinner grilled lamb with salad and baked potato saturday breakfast oatmeal with raisins nuts and an apple lunch whole grain sandwich with vegetables dinner mediterranean pizza made with whole wheat topped with cheese vegetables and olives sunday breakfast omelette with veggies and olives lunch leftover pizza from the night before dinner grilled chicken with vegetables and a potato fruit for dessert there is usually no need to count calories or track macronutrients protein fat and carbs on the mediterranean diet healthy mediterranean snacks you don't need to eat more than three meals per day but if you become hungry between meals, there are plenty of healthy snack options, a handful of nuts, a piece of fruit, carrots or baby carrots, some berries or grapes, leftovers from the night before, Greek yogurt, apple slices with almond butter, how to follow the diet at restaurants. It's very simple to make most restaurant meals suitable for the Mediterranean diet. Choose fish or seafood as your main dish. Ask them to fry your food in extra virgin olive oil. Only eat whole grain bread, with olive oil instead of butter. A simple shopping list for the diet. It is always a good idea to shop at the perimeter of the store. That's usually where the whole foods are. Always try to choose the least processed option. Organic is best but only if you can easily afford it. Vegetables, carrots, onions, broccoli, spinach, kale, garlic, etc. Fruits, apples, bananas, oranges, grapes, etc. Berries, strawberries, blueberries, etc. Frozen veggies, choose mixes with healthy vegetables. Grains, whole grain bread, whole grain pasta, etc. Legumes, lentils, pulses, beans, etc., nuts, almonds, walnuts, cashews, etc., seeds, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, etc.
condiments, sea salt, pepper, turmeric, cinnamon, etc., fish, salmon, sardines, mackerel, trout, shrimp and shellfish, potatoes and sweet potatoes, cheese, Greek yogurt, chicken, pastured or omega-3 enriched eggs, olives, extra virgin olive oil. It's best to clear all unhealthy temptations from your home, including sodas, ice cream, candy, pastries, white bread, crackers and processed foods. If you only have healthy food in your home, you will eat healthy food. Though there is not one defined Mediterranean diet, this way of eating is generally rich in healthy plant foods and relatively lower in animal foods, with a focus on fish and seafood. You can find a whole world of information about the Mediterranean diet on the internet, and many great books have been written about it. Try googling Mediterranean recipes and you will find a ton of great tips for delicious meals. At the end of the day, the Mediterranean diet is incredibly healthy and satisfying. You won't be disappointed. If you like this video, get your thumbs up, please subscribe and hit that bell icon to stay in touch. Have a nice, and healthy life. Welcome back. We are back with Doctors in the House. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill, and we've been talking about nutrition today. I hope you enjoyed that last video. I know it was kind of robotic, but I hope very informative. And if you really listen to the last few videos, you're noticing a common theme where we're trying to get more of the healthy foods into your diet, the vegetables, the fruits, and cut back on the, the risky foods, which would be your, your red meat. So we are wrapping up now. I'm really hoping you learned something. I'm going to continue to really promote this video in particular to everyone, including my patients, because it's really helpful. And it begins the process of putting the power the knowledge back in your hands and your brain, which will translate to better eating and improved health outcomes, improved um, prevention of diabetes and chronic medical illness, and improved management of these issues if we already suffer from them. So I think as we move forward into the coming weeks, we're gonna to continue to focus on lifestyle tools and strategies. We'll be talking more about nutrition and exercise, as I mentioned earlier, and I strongly encourage you to spread uh, information about this video if you see it and when you see it. And feel free to visit our webpage, www.laurelmedicine.com. And if you need to reach me by phone, 301-497-0401. And uh, I want to thank you all for joining in today. Thank you for listening to Doctors in the House.